Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello, everyone. Welcome to 3C Amplified. I'm your host, Jacqueline Destrumps, and twice a month, I'm here to highlight the businesses, nonprofits, and individuals collaborating to amplify their impact in the community. This series is sponsored by Another Hand Advantage, where I create marketing strategies for community-minded small businesses and nonprofits. Well, let's get started with today's show. Joining me in the studio today from a new local nonprofit, we have Christelle Nielsen. She is the founder of Your Art, Your Story. And then I'm also joined by Tess Moscow-Shearer, and she is president of the Arizona Artists Guild. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you both in the studio here with me today. Crystal and I sort of know each other. We were introduced earlier in the year and we've um, been doing some um, work together, but it's the first time we've actually seen each other in person. That was nice. And I'm really excited, Tess, that because of Christelle, we're, I'm actually being introduced not only to you, but also to the Arizona Artists Guild because I'm really excited to learn more about that. So to get started today, why don't we just start with some introductions? Christelle, if you want to start, just tell me a little bit about yourself and your art, your story. Well, thanks for having us today. I am the founder and director of Your Art, Your Story, which is a nonprofit that I founded to support suicide loss survivors and attempt survivors. Three years ago, my son died of suicide. And after that, I realized that I was in a really dark place and there weren't very many resources available. And so I was going to counseling. My counselor suggested do something really nice for yourself every week. And so the nice thing I would do would would draw and paint. And eventually realizing that art was such a comfort, I decided to look into starting a nonprofit where art was used for healing after suicide. Then, lo and behold, I found an article in the newspaper about such a program in Casper, Wyoming. And so um, testing this idea out at a competition at ASU, there was community support. We won a grant and we started Your Art, Your Story. Yeah, exciting. Mm-hmm. Had you been into drawing and painting before that or was that something new to you that you had just kind of decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do for myself? Well, I come... My mother is an artist okay. and an art historian, and so art was always a part of my life. But usually I would do ceramics. Okay. I love working with clay. But if you would have told me that I would be doing this, I never <laughs> would have believed you. Uh-huh. But I'm really glad that I'm doing this. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. And Tess, how about yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself and the Arizona Artists Guild. So I've been involved in the arts most of my career. I owned and operated a gallery for 30 years. Retired, kind of semi-retired from that, if you will, and one and moved to the valley and thought, how can I get involved as an artist in the valley and and be part of a community? So I joined three different leagues on the same day, and that night was a meeting of the Arizona Artists Guild, and I went and they said, hey, we need someone to be the secretary, and I said. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> and that was ten years ago, and uh-huh. now, so I kind of went through all the you know couple positions on the board, and here I am as the president. As the president, <laughs> um, but it's actually very cool. The Arizona Artist Guild is the oldest artist guild in the state. It was founded in 1928. Oh wow! And so we just had our 90th anniversary 
Um, actually, the um, Sky Harbor Airport Museum did a show for us in honor of our anniversary. And so it's, it's pretty exciting. We're, we're kind of small. We only mm-hmm. have um, just shy of 400 members, but they're members that are actively engaged in the arts and in the arts community. So yeah, it's real, it's a real honor to, to be at the helm. Right. So this is my last year. I've been, this is my third year and uh, we have term limits for presidency. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. you mentioned um, that you're, it's the oldest guild, but you also mentioned that you had joined some other organizations um, and you were kind of drawn towards the guild. What is, what was the kind of the difference? What drew you to the Arizona Artists Guild over maybe some of the other organizations that were out there. Sure. So yeah, what I like about the Guild is it's an organization with heart. And so when I walked in, I felt very encouraged to show my work, to be a part of it. I felt very welcomed and very embraced. And what I've come to learn and to see and then able to propel even forward because of my, my leadership role is the outreach programs that we have and how we are able to reach out to the community in a very different way than really any other arts organization that I have met and know of. And so I'm real proud to be um, a part of that. It's So our outreach is uh, working with Christelle. Mm-hmm. She mentioned that she saw the article about the arts organization in Wyoming and they found us oh, and wow. said, okay. oh, look, you've got this like right in your backyard. And so that's how we were connected. And I thought, wow, isn't that kind of cool? Right. That, that they were able to find us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she was able to find us. And it's been such an incredible partnership uh, working with her. Yeah, that yeah. was actually going to be my next question mm-hmm. was, okay, so how did the two of you uh, meet in Crystal? How were you introduced to the to the Guild? But it sounds like it's actually was through the other, it was through that other organization that you found out there. It was a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. Um, Art 321 in Casper, Wyoming was the original program that I read about. And their program was called Healing Through Art. And once one month every year, they do a program for people who've been affected by suicide. And I spoke to their director, Diane Harop, and she led me towards Tess at the Arizona Artists Guild. And I recently visited Diane. I I went to Casper, Wyoming, and I attended their program this year. And um, it was it was wonderful. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So tell us then a little bit about what it is that, that you do for, for, within your organization and, and kind of what that looks like for somebody who either, uh, you know, wants to be a part of it and wants to, you know, be a part of that program, but also if there's anyone out there who just wants to learn more about how they can support a program like this. Well, we, our mission is twofold, really. We promote art as a recovery tool. And we provide a platform for people to share their art and their stories. And so as part of our mission, we partnered with the Arizona Artists Guild to offer art classes for people who've been affected by suicide. And we started in February of this year. And the classes, anyone who is a suicide loss survivor or an attempt survivor, or if they've been a friend or family member, support person, uh, we have, we've had all uh, people from grandchildren to mothers to grandmothers to grandfathers all range of generations are coming to this class mm-hmm. and we have a class that lasts two hours long we have a structured activity like for example last month it was painting in the style of george o'keefe um you don't have to be an artist to okay, come that was going to be I, my I, next question i really want <laughs> like that sounds awesome but <laughs> well i mean for example yeah. you can see my painting over here in the corner i i am not a 
great artist, but it's it's not that's not the that's point. not what it's about. Right. Um, art. There's so many benefits to mental health through art. Mm-hmm. It it distracts the hands. It distracts the mind from worry and stress. Um, cortisol levels go down. It helps people to relax and to feel better. One of our participants said that during the class, she was able to take a moment and breathe. Right. And for somebody who has been through the experience of trauma after a suicide loss or suicide attempt, that means a lot mm-hmm. to be able to relax and breathe and to feel like you're a part of something. So we have this class every month and every month is a different project. We have lots more information on our website and also on the Artist Guild website. Um, we ask people to sign up so that we can send them information about where to come for the class. Great. And Tess, tell me a little bit about then, you know, how as the Artist Guild, you're supporting um, not only Christelle's program, but any other artists that are out there that um, you might have ideas for programs or what, what does that look like? Sure, sure. So, well, our outreach our outreach actually started um, after World War II, and we were doing uh, programs with veterans, and that has continued, and it's kind of ebbed and flowed. And in the last, I think, five years, we have a very strong program for veterans, and so we have once a month, on the fourth Saturday of each month, actually, from ten to two is our veterans art class, and then from three to five is the um, survivors of suicide class. So that's back to back on the same day. But we also partner with Paradise Valley Community College and we offer twice a month classes with a focus on ceramics so that it's a it's a full curriculum that goes from September until June. We're working with Hospice of the Valley training hospice trained volunteers to work with their palliative care patients um, for dementia. And we've developed some classes where it, just in simple terms, today we're going to paint a snowman. Oh, you're from Michigan. Did you build a snowman? And so it's like designed so that it can really spark conversation, get people, you know, having joyful memories and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and then we work with the Mosaic Senior Center, oh, excuse me, offering classes to um, refugees and Native American elders. And uh, the refugees basically are the civilian survivors of war. Mm-hmm. And so they're dealing with the same kind of PTSD and those kinds of things. And, you know, they're here, they're trying to build a new life for themselves. They're all over 60 and socialization is a very difficult thing for them. You know, one of the things that I see through all of these, so you have all these different streams of people coming from different parts of the world, really. What I see is at some point there's laughter. At some point there's, there's a, a calming, there's a, a peacefulness. You know, at one of the suicide survivor classes, there was a couple that was there that came in and they were very somber. And at the end of the class, they said, oh my God, we haven't laughed this hard together for so long, you know, and they were an older couple Mm -hmm. and, you know, it doesn't get better than that. Right, right. So who teaches the classes? Are they artists that are already part of the guild or maybe those artists themselves, even the ones maybe coming up with the classes? How does that work? Yeah, so we, we have a core group of, people um, in our outreach program um, oh, okay. committee. And so it's it's myself, it's a woman named Karen Weingartner, uh, David Lloyd Bradley, uh, Patrice Alshanti. I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, <laughs> Lisa, 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 Lisa Yeah, Lisa Wiener. Oh, thank okay. You. Ooh, sorry, Lisa. Um, <laughs> we got you in there, Lisa. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, and so we're kind of the, 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 the leadership team 
so forth. So we'll oftentimes teach the classes, but we're looking for other artist members of the guild and sometimes outside of the guild that can bring in their vision. Mm-hmm. And um, so what we, we, what we did initially um, from February until I think May is we said, let's keep it just our leadership team get a sense of the community, build rapport, kind of get everything solid. And then we can invite other guest artists to come in and teach the class because then we know kind of the group dynamic. Mm -hmm. So we're real sensitive to creating that and and being consistent with that. Uh, With the mosaics, it's kind of, it's Karen and myself typically, and then occasionally we'll have guest artists, but that's, that's weekly. Right. So that's a little bit more um, challenging to get other volunteers for that level of commitment. And Crystal, you kind of mentioned at the at the start, it's uh, the mission is twofold. So you have these classes that the survivors can attend. Is there anything that happens with that artwork afterwards? Is there a way for them to to share that artwork in the community? Yes, actually, that's a really important part of our mission is sharing the art in order to let people know that they are not alone. It's a way for us to raise awareness in the community about the topic of suicide. As you know, um, suicide is something that people don't talk about very much. Mm-hmm. There's stigma surrounding it. It's it's um, been ignored. And people who have been through suicide attempt or loss often feel very isolated. So um, I know it will take time, but we believe that we can use art to help change the conversation about suicide, raise awareness about suicide and mental health issues. So we display the art on our website, on Instagram and Facebook. And then um, this fall, we have four pop-up exhibitions that we're going to be doing that are actually courtesy of a grant from the Pollination Project. Um, we will be doing pop-ups at all of the four Out of the Darkness walks in Arizona. Oh, wow. So we have um, the dates are going to be on our website. Oh, the great. first one is Flagstaff, September 22nd. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what, for those who aren't familiar, what, what are those events like? The Out of the Darkness Walk is a community walk to raise suicide awareness. And um, folks who, families, friends of people who have um, died of suicide come together and do a community walk in their honor and, re- and remembrance. And it's actually quite amazing how many people come to these walks. Mm-hmm. And when the first time I went, I couldn't believe there were so many other people who, ha- who had lost someone as I had. Right. They are a great way to connect with community resources. And also, um, you know, they do things like release balloons and, and doves and everybody kind of just connects as a mm-hmm. community. I'm hopeful that Andrew Ecker, the drummer, will be there. He's, he's always a wonderful community builder. Mm-hmm. And so then with the pop-ups, you, you mentioned then that some of that artwork will be there. And is the, the artists ever sell their artwork? Or I guess I'm calling them artists, but they're not, maybe not necessarily, uh, they're just using the art as well, a way to get through it. But you, you'd be yeah. surprised. <laughs> um, honestly, I think everyone is an artist yeah. inside. The art is not for sale. Okay. However, if somebody is interested in purchasing a piece, then I'd be more than happy to um, connect them with the artist. Right. Oh, that's great. And then do, are they there as well? Do they take part in this or is, is that up to them whether or not they want to be there with their artwork? Well, right now, most of the artists are from the Phoenix area. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling most of them will be coming to the Phoenix walk, but probably not to the other ones. Right. Yeah. So we, we actually have 35 submissions. Oh, wow. Which was a lot. I was surprised. And it was very hard to choose. We 
really have limited space. But we're going to be having at least one piece from each person who submitted. And most of them are people who've come to our classes. A few people saw us on Facebook and submitted through Facebook. So, um, you know, we're featuring art that is from our classes and then also art that's fitting themes of suicide and depression and mental health Mm -hmm. and self-care. I would like to emphasize this isn't art therapy Mm -hmm. per se. What we're doing is we're using creativity to heal and to connect people as a community. I like, I kind of just really like that you, that you kind of pointed that out as far as the the creativity. I was actually going to ask is, I know you mentioned you don't have to have a background in art or anything. Is it always painting or are there other, I, I mean, you mentioned some of the other programs tests that the Artist Guild does, but just through your art, your story, is it always painting or do you have other mediums that you do in your classes? Oh, yeah. We have, oh, okay. Yeah, we have other mediums. And so painting, Drawing, you know, so there's some foundational work, but we we try to not get too caught up in that so mm-hmm. that it stays fun rather than feeling like, oh, now I'm in a class. Right. You know? <laughs> um, and so uh, we actually, what we have on the docket, there'll be a bookmaking uh, opportunity right. one week. Um, they'll, we're doing sculpture, um, oh, this, nice. ne- this next one uh, based on Giacometti. Mm-hmm. So that'll be really fun. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you said don't get caught up in it. So I just, I recently, I guess it's been about two months now, I decided that I wanted to try watercolor. I've always considered myself kind of crafty. Like I can, you know, make a flower arrangement or put together some Christmas ornaments or something. But when it came to, I guess, art as far as like painting or drawing or anything, I just never felt like I was good at it. And I found this book and it was like, you do one lesson a day kind of thing. And as soon as I got to sketching, I was like, ugh, you know, like this is work. <laughs> I didn't want this to be work. <laughs> but I mean, I'm working, I'm working my way through it. But yeah, I do like that. I mean, if you're, if you're going into it with the approach that, you know, like you said, it's self-care, you want it to, to little, be a little bit more. <laughs> A little bit more freeing than feeling right. like, I can't draw that. <laughs> right, exactly. And what I see is is the work is really expressive. Right. And it's really beautiful. There's mm-hmm. some really incredible pieces that are created in the classes. And I think because people are loosening up and they're not worried about it has to be right, it has to be perfect, that adds to that. But I want to go back just for a quick second. We will have a exhibition, including the survivors of suicide in May, there'll be a reception on the third Tuesday of May. I don't remember the date off the top of my head at the Arizona Artists Guild with all of our different classes or different outreach programs. So you all are welcome to go. Oh, yeah. And and typically the, um, the students are there and it's it's very meaningful. It's mm-hmm. really wonderful. And would that be a good way then for someone if they're wanting to even just learn more about the uh, what it is to be part of the Arizona Artists Guild or? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, well, we actually have monthly meetings. Oh, okay. It's always on the third Tuesday of each month. Oh, okay. From basically from September until May. The doors open, I think at 530. And so, yeah, anyone is welcome to come then or they can check out our website. Yeah. Or email me. Right. Yeah. You've talked a lot about the outreach programs. How are those programs supported? Like how, well, I guess how is the Arizona Artists Guild supported? I'm sure partially by membership, but how else are those outreach programs supported? Sure. So we're, we're, we're funded with membership for the most part. And then with Christelle as her five, as her nonprofit, she has funding for this class. And then we've, we've received grants from Vets Art 
arts.org, the Phoenix Office of Arts and Culture, uh, the Arizona Commission of the Arts. Um, they actually had a, a pilot program, I think three years ago for creative aging. And so uh, Karen Weingartner, David Bradley, and myself went through that program. And from that, there was grant, grant money, some seed money that we were able to grow the program as well. And then a few other uh, streams that I'm that are eluding me now. <laughs> I get the idea. That always happens. Yeah. We, yeah. We'll round them up afterwards, yeah. though. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so Crystal, when did you? Uh, was it technically was it this year that you started your art, your story, or when? How did that? How has it grown? I guess, and kind of where is it going? Well, the origin originally the name was Joy Plus Life Project, and. Um, it started last fall, and I was at the time a graduate student at ASU, and I entered the Venture Double program, which is an entrepreneurial program, and I did the you know the Shark Tank mm-hmm. competition, uh, presented the business plan, the business idea for creative support groups, and we got funding. So that funding helped us to incorporate and to build a website and to also pay for the um, classes that we're doing at the Artist Guild to pay artist honorariums and art supplies. Now, in the past few months, we've had, I believe, six programs so far with Arizona Artists Guild. Um, I've also worked with Eric's House. We did a program at their conference. We're also, we've also been asked to do a program at Survivor Day for AFSP this, this fall in November. So, um, we're, we're trying to create some kind of a grassroots movement of creativity and community for people who have experienced suicide. And we're also hoping that, um, you know, people in other communities who may not be able to get to the Arizona Artists Guild might want to start something in their own town. Mm -hmm. So um, when I visited Casper, Wyoming, Diane and I worked on a toolkit. We're going to be publishing that on our website for free for anybody who might want to have information about actually how we started it, you know, the, the nuts right, and bolts right, of how right. we started it. Yeah. Cause sometimes, I mean, you have that passion and you, ha- you know what you want to do. You kind of, you see the end goal, but everything that has to happen before then can sometimes, you know, get you really all tripped up and then, and then you just end up not moving forward with it. So a toolkit like that, I think sounds amazing for, you know, anybody out there, like you said. And I think too, um, it helps a lot with, I guess just kind of spurring on the idea, even in the, to begin with, just having that out there and having somebody come across that and seeing how that might look for their community. Well, you know, ultimately the goal is to prevent suicide. Mm-hmm. This may seem like a stretch to some people, but it's a way for people to actually see that they're not alone and to belong to something mm-hmm. and to connect with one another and to inspire their creativity. Right. And those things can go a long way. Tell me a little about the connection maybe that is happening. What kinds of connections have you seen at your, at your events? Well, once there's been quite a few, um, but I will tell you a story. Um, We had a family come, the daughter had attempted and survived and they came to the class. It was their first time. They were uh, quiet at the beginning, but, you know, laughing and having a great old time by the end. And they shared with me that it was the first time that, that their daughter had actually spoken out and said that I, I am a survivor. Mm. And it was a place where they all felt welcomed and that they felt respected. 
after having gone through a very difficult time. Mm -hmm. So things like that make us feel glad that we're doing what we're doing. Um, We also have people who have come with their their health counselors, behavioral health counselors or support group leaders. We welcome people to come with a support person because, you know, it's not easy walking into a room of strangers. Right, right. (laughs) But once... And doing art. And and doing art. I know, on top of that, you're... (laughs) But I do want to let people know, even if you think you suck at it, you can still come to our art class and have a good time. (laughs) I like that slogan. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you think you suck, you're still welcome. (laughs) So why do you... I guess, Tess, what do you attribute, I guess, maybe the success of your outreach programs that you have? Because when you were kind of talking a little bit about them and you have a, you know, you shared a similar story of somebody coming in and leaving and having laughed. Do you think it just has to do with the art in and of itself and the act of the art? Or what would you say is maybe some of the the other successes behind having such a a great outreach program and so many outreach programs, I guess? Right. Right. Well, I think it I think it has, I think artists as a whole tend to have maybe be a little bit more expressive of their heart and be a little bit more. I mean, I don't want to pigeonhole that only artists are compassionate. I don't want it to have sound like that, but, but we're a very compassionate group of people. Mm-hmm. Our past president, uh, David Bradley, who's part of this and, and he helped spearhead the, the veterans program, which really the current one that we have in place kind of pushed us in a direction. And I think that, um, you know, for myself and the values and how I live my life, it's, you don't go it alone. You mm-hmm. know, it really does take a village. And we, we are each other's village of, of the, at the guild of being encouraging for one another to be better artists, to be better people. And then how do you pay that forward? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so it shows up in our outreach that's there. I'm part of something called the World Academy for the Future of Women. And I go to this year, I'll be in China and Bangladesh um, facilitating leadership programs and doing art programs um, in those countries. And there's several members of the guild who are also getting involved with that because that's in alignment with our value system. Mm -hmm. And so I think it really has to come down to what is our value of, you know, what are, what are our values and how do we activate them in our community and beyond? And, And we really do. And just always, like you said, just checking back in with those values and when right. making those decisions as far as where do we go next? Where do we go from here? Right. It's great to have ideas about what you want to do. But if you're not checking back in with those values, next thing you know, you find yourself in a place where why isn't this working? And then, oh, yeah, because it doesn't, it, it didn't align with our values. That, right. Yeah. And what we initially wanted to do. So, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. 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 And our mission, and mm-hmm. I, I should, I should go back and say our mission statement is really to promote the visual arts through exhibition, education, and outreach. So since 1928, that's been the foundation. And at earlier times, exhibition was more important and that had a bigger role and a bigger presence. And okay, that that was all the systems in place. Okay, now what do we need to do for education? Mm-hmm. So we've got that in place and now, okay, now outreach. So I think it, I think we've got We've got it all covered. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Having that foundation yeah. again yeah. is like you said, is it's been really helpful. I think yeah. for when I'm working with a client and, and talking to them about, you know, okay, what are your goals and where do you want to be with your business? And then I'd go back to, okay, well, what's the foundation? And it's mm-hmm. you find those holes 
And once you get those plugged up or covered over or whatever needs to be done with them, then everything else just seems to to fall into place after that. And, and it really helps to to work on that. Christelle, so we kind of talked a little bit about, you know, the toolkit and where we're going from here. You talked about venture devils and that's great. But as far as like funding moving forward, you know, what, how can people help out with that? What are you doing to kind of help grow the program and, and get that moving forward? Well, right now we just started a GoFundMe campaign. And so far we have raised $1,890. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it's so exciting. So this will help us pay for next year's programming. We would like to be able to hopefully expand, um, perhaps sponsor classes in other communities, um, help other people who are going to start up new programs, maybe help them with um, buying art supplies, things like that. Also, um, we'd like to do an exhibition that could travel around the state. So if anybody is interested in donating, we will have that link on our website. And um, I'm really excited about next year because... You know, Tess and I just had the conversation a few days ago. She said that the Artist Guild has agreed to go forward 2019 and continue classes with us. So we will be continuing our relationship. And, yeah. and it's been wonderful because, you know, they already had this very comprehensive outreach program in place. And so for us to walk in, it it, it was pretty easy transition. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a matter of just finding the time. And then they already had everything that a person could possibly need to have an art class. You know, they have the the tables and the chairs and the art supplies and so on. So it was, it was a very wonderful partnership for us at the beginning when we started last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, Going back again to those little things that not every, you know, some of the times so those are things that really just derail you. Like right. we've talked before on other shows where people talk about how they have these big goals and then they start talking about the event planning portion of it and this, the tables and chairs sometimes. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, or the space to have it in. And yeah, so that's great that there's something out there like the Arizona Artist Guild that, you know, already has those things in place. Where are you located, by the way? Where is Arizona Arts Guild located? We are on 7th Avenue, just south of Union Hills. Oh, okay. Okay. And then um, your outreach programs, are they, do they always take place on site or are you in any other areas within the Valley? Yeah. So, so most of them take place on site. We, the ceramics class that we do in partnership with Paradise Valley Community College is on that campus uh, at uh, Union Hills and 30. Fifth Street, I think it is. And then the program that we do with the Mosaic Senior Center is at their building. And then they will, once a year for our reception, they will bring, you know, they'll bus their community up to the reception, rather, you know, so, so it makes it a little bit easier so they can attend. But we go down there. That makes it easier. And so it's, it's nice. It's good. Yeah. And yeah. you said, how many members did you say? We have just shy of 400. I don't know the, the, exact number. Right. What types of activities, I guess, uh, you know, you have the outreach programs, but what other things happen there besides? Oh, oh, sure. Actually, it's very cool. So we are one of the few art leagues that actually owns their own building. So we've got this big building. And so it's used every single day. And so in addition to the outreach classes, we have um, life drawing on on, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We have an open studio on Mondays and Monday mornings and Wednesday evenings. We have some critique groups. So we have about 10 to 12 people who get together once a month. We've got two of those groups right now that they'll go and bring in a piece of work and talk about how they can improve themselves and what do they 
what, 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 what's working, what's not working and that kind of thing. We actually will offer our building to other, it's kind of a passive income for us. So it's a very, it's a small fee, but other arts organizations will host their monthly meetings there or their workshops there. We offer, I think we're having six or eight workshops this year ourselves. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, um, but we have, um, a couple of, that are business oriented. So I do one on digital marketing and, um, kind of creating a, a marketing media plan. Mm-hmm. And, um, I do one called selling from the heart, which is, uh, based on all of my years as a gallerist and kind of helping out my fellow artists. Uh-huh. I, I didn't realize really what it was until I crossed the threshold onto this side and said, oh my God, now I have to go back and coach myself the way I coach all those other artists. <laughs> Sometimes so, that's the hardest, I know, taking right? your own advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've, I've created this program to uh, work with, with others to help them along. And that's that's been great. And then we've got some for skill developing and then some that are just more playful. So we've got a kind of a nice round, rounded uh itinerary of right. workshops for this year. Gosh, there's like so much other things. Exhibitions. So we have exhibitions there. Yeah. So there's a lot, something right. almost every day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So what would you say, I guess, works so well? I mean, I know Christelle's sitting right here, but uh, why did you decide? <laughs> why was it so um, important to you, I guess, then to renew that partnership with Christelle and moving forward with your art, your story? Why do you, what do you think is so um Works so well with with the two organizations. Sure. Well, well, one, it's her. You know? I mean, she's just amazing, and um, and so we work really well together. And and um, it, so that that piece itself, right. you know, she just has such an incredible energy and a gentleness about her. I haven't gotten to my mid fifties without my own fair share of grief, and although my personal inner circle hasn't been directly touched by suicide. As you go, as I go out a little further, their suicide has been in my life. Mm-hmm. And if it's been in my life, it's got to be in other people's lives as well. And that's, that's huge. If we can, if we can have an impact that way, um, I, you know, I want to be a part of that. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's really, you know, so not just her personality, but <laughs> what, who, who she wanted to work with right. and what her goal was right. really made a difference. Yeah. How did you, I, you seemed from the beginning, Crystal, even when I first met you, very clear on kind of what your goals were and what you wanted for this organization. Was that something that came naturally to you or what kind of went into that? Well, I planned this in my mind for two years yeah. before I actually took it down onto paper. Mm-hmm. A few weeks before my son died, we were having a family art day at my parents' house and we were all painting and he said, why doesn't our family start a nonprofit where everybody sits around and does art? <laughs> and we laughed, you know, we thought, oh, that's a great idea. But then, you know, later after the, after I got through the darkness, um, after his death, I, I started to think about that and why not connect art with healing in this way? Professionally, I'm a paralegal. So um, an intellectual property paralegal, which is kind of the intersection between law and art. Right. I have done business formation. I have written lots of contracts. And so I just started to um, take the idea from this this uh, lofty artistic place and just down to the uh, legal 
requirements that we would need to to create it and the funding that we would need to create it. So it's a process. Right. It's definitely a process. And um, I feel fortunate that I had that legal experience so that I could do a lot of the paperwork myself. Mm -hmm. What advice then do you have maybe for somebody out there who's thinking, you know, I've always wanted to start a nonprofit or this is my idea for a you know, uh, a workshop even or something to that, where, where should they, where would you suggest they start with that? Well, I would start by looking at all of the nonprofits in your community and see if anybody is doing what you want to do. And if they are, then volunteer with them or partner with them. Um, there's already a lot of nonprofits and in order to be successful, it's important that you're doing something that's nobody else is doing. Or if you do something that everybody else is doing, you're doing it better, right? Yeah. So, um, and if you're really not sure, you're really not sure what to do, find helpful people. That has been really important for me, finding helpful people who can mentor and give advice and suggest. Because, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, sometimes entrepreneurs are in their own world. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've been in my head for two years creating yep. <laughs> this and it's like, is this really a good idea? I don't know. I'll go pitch it at Venture Doubles. Right. And then when they, when they um, gave us the prize, I was like, yes, it's a good idea. Okay. Now on to the next step. Right. And so it's just a process going one step to the next. But if you're interested in starting a nonprofit, I really would start with just doing research. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if there's nobody doing what you want to do, find somebody in another community that's doing it and talk to them. You know, like that's what I did with Diane in Casper, Wyoming. Right. So she gave me um, information. Now, our program isn't the same as Diane's um, Art321 program. There's another program in Florida that's going on. Kevin Lyons Tolliver is doing a program at um, Hollywood, Florida. It's very similar. We all have different methods, but the goal is the same, art through healing right. for people affected by suicide. Right. And it's yeah. going to be different depending on the community that you're in as well. What might work here in our community may not work as well in another community just because everybody's everybody's different. You have different resources. People are coming from you know different backgrounds. So it's great going back to that toolkit you talked about. It's great to kind of have that starting point, but it's also important for people to realize if they are wanting to do something similar, it's not just as easy as getting a box in the mail, opening it up and then saying, ta-da, I've got this new program now because it's not necessarily going to work in every community the same way it's going to work there. So I guess my advice then would be having that openness to be able to understand, okay, just because something isn't working doesn't mean, oh, this doesn't work at all, or it's not going to work. This program isn't going to work here. It just might be that it needs something a little bit more unique to it for that community. Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in some ways, I wonder... Um, you know, somebody could start their own art program and they don't have to start a nonprofit to do it. Mm-hmm. They could just create a community partnership with a local artist guild or community center, get donated art supplies and begin. We started the nonprofit because we wanted to create a platform right. where people could share their art. And so I kind of see us as uh, curating the art and the stories of people who get involved in creative support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that curating yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, ladies, as we kind of wind down the show today, I did want to give you both a chance to make sure you get all the information out there to anyone who's listening live right now. Of course, we'll have it on the website as far as your website and such. But uh, what do people need to know if they want to get involved with the Arizona Artist Skill Test? What do they need to know? Yes. Where, oh. where do they find the information? What do they need to know about getting getting involved with the organization? Sure. So they would find the information on our website, which is ArizonaArtistGuild.net, or our Facebook page, which is also Arizona Artist Guild. Um, you know, Facebook. Both of those are really filled with a lot of information. And my email address is info at ArizonaArtistGuild.net as well. So they can always email me directly. That's it. Just come, be prepared to be creative and to be supported and to have fun. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a great organization. Great. And then, Christelle, on to you. What do people need to know about your art, your story? If somebody's listening in right now and they're saying, you know, I'm not necessarily, you know, want to participate in one of those programs, but I still want to support you. What what do they need to know? Well, we have a website at yourartyourstory.org. And there's information on there about events, you know, for example, the Out of the Darkness Walks and the pop-up exhibitions, um, the classes. There's a link on there to our GoFundMe. We also, right now, we have um, on our gallery, we have a beautiful painting by Kiki. It was a painting that was created at our um, one of our classes. And her story, which is incredibly moving. And um, I would just... I would suggest visiting our, our website. We also have Facebook page and we have Instagram page. And so um, after each class, uh, with the artist's permission, we post pictures of the work that they've done in the class. So, uh, you know, if, if you're interested, but you're not sure, you could look at our Facebook and you could see lots of art and um, get an idea of what we do. Right. Because I, inevitably, I know I'm going to be asked, I was actually just asked a couple of weeks ago, art supplies. Do you ever, either one of your organizations, do you ever take donations of art supplies? Or is that something, or if you don't, is there, are there resources out there for people who want to, are cleaning out their craft rooms and, and have some supplies? Well, thank you for asking. Yes, we actually have something called an art supply exchange. Oh, okay. So we actually use art supplies two different ways. So one, depending if there's enough supplies that we can take that and say, this will be great for our outreach program, it goes into our outreach project. So if people come with lots of paper or multiple sets of colored pencils or whatever it might be, it's great. But if it's just you know one off or two off, it goes into our art supply exchange closet. And what that is, is we then resell it for very little. You know, it might be a set of colored pencils for $2 or something. So compared to what art supplies really cost, mm-hmm. it's really nothing. But that art supply exchange generates several thousand dollars a year of income. That, oh, wow. That, then that goes back, back to, to your... our outreach program okay. as well. And we do a scholarship program. And so both of those. So, yeah, that would be great. Anyone that wants to clean out their closets and <laughs> we would absolutely love that. And we could even send someone if there's there's a lot and it's difficult to handle. We've right. got some members that have bands. So, great. And yeah. picture frames. Oh, yes, and frames. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. that's good to know. Yeah. yeah, that's really good to know. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things we do is we we frame the artwork for the exhibition. So, we Chriselle and I the other day framed the, the artwork for them. So it makes it nice that someone comes to the class and if the work is selected to be exhibited, they get it back framed 
you know, so it's, it's a nice, it's a nice component that she can add with funding and we can add with our expertise of putting it together and doing it. So that's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I loved, um, like I said, I knew Christelle uh, ahead of time and the You're Out Your Story, but I just really loved having you both here so you could talk to, speak to that partnership that you have. I'm so excited to hear that it's going to be continuing through 2019 Mm -hmm. and just loved being able to um, just talk about, you know, art and, and healing with the two of you. So thank you both so much for being with me today in the studios. Thank you, Jacqueline. Yeah, thank you. Yep. You've been listening to 3C Amplified, where we share how others are connecting, creating, and collaborating to amplify their impact. And we hope we've inspired you to do the same in your community. Until next time, I'm Jacqueline Destremps with Another Hand Advantage. Let me help create a marketing strategy to put your organization's mission in front of your target audience and highlight the impact you're having in your community. Visit anotherhandadvantage.com to learn more and connect. Thank you.